Welcome to Prima's 2017 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education and Training at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Randy Anderson will discuss budgeting your time for maximum productivity. Randy is the founder of E3 Professional Trainers. He spent 20 years in sales and management prior to founding E3 Professional Trainers in 2005. Randy's expertise include communication, conflict resolution, time management, organization, leadership, and motivational presentations. E3 Professional Trainers provides customized training, keynote presentations, and personal coaching to help people become more engaged and better equipped to do their jobs. E3 empowers individuals to live more fulfilling lives that will matter long after they're gone. We will also be joined by Danica Williams, Prima's Member Services Manager. Danica will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome back, Randy. It's a delight to have you with us again. Our first question for this podcast, in the title of the presentation, you use the term time budgeting. I think most of us are probably more used to saying or used to hearing time management. Is there a difference? Well, that's a very good question. First, let me say I appreciate uh, y'all having me back and, and the opportunity to, to talk about this. Yeah, I, I, there is a difference. You know, I think most of us could fill in the blank here if I say time is, you know, we fill that in with time is money. That's the adage that we hear so often, especially in our Western culture, that time is money. Well, if you think about it, if time is money and we budget our money, then shouldn't we budget our time? I mean, most of us have, uh, you know, a, a sheet of paper written down somewhere or a spreadsheet in a computer or an idea in our head of how much we're going to spend every month on, on groceries and how much we're going to spend on rent and how much we're going to spend on gas and, and car payment and things like that. And we budget our money, but then when it comes to time, we don't necessarily look at it that way. You know, we don't go about spending our money, whichever bill comes in the mail first or whichever magazine subscription offer we get is where we spend our money and we hope to have money left over. But we we spend our money based on the plan that we have that we've set up called a time budget. And so I, I think you're exactly right. Most people are more familiar with time management than time budgeting. But when you think about it, and this is going to sound like a funny thing for somebody who does as much time management training as I do, it's going to sound funny for me to say this, but I don't think you can really manage time. You know, we can, we can manage uh, different things, which means that we reallocate, we move things around, we, we put some back, we move it over here, whatever. With time, you can't do that. Time is coming and going all the time. And so really, we can only manage the use of our time. And, you know, when, when you look at it and, and if we try to just say we're going to manage time, would be to say, well, you know, we're going to have a really, really busy week next week. So I need for us to take two hours off of each day this week and move it on to next week so that we have more time. Well, we can't do that. And so we have to manage the use of our time. And, uh, you know, I think there are a lot of time management strategies that are designed to help give you an order of priorities that are designed to give you strategies and tools. That's That's what mine is designed to do is to help you to deal with those things that are already on your desk or already in your inbox or, or, you know, coming onto your computer, whatever it may be. Some time management methods, some time management, you know, strategies, uh, you can spend more time on the system than you spend on doing your tasks. But with time budgeting, you're actually arranging things before the day comes. 
And, uh, you know, so, so think of it this way. You know, we say time is money. I would challenge you to say time is life. You know, time is the currency of life. Some of us are old enough to remember. I, I've got a little more sand in the bottom half of the hourglass than the top half. And I'm old enough to remember, you know, when you paid for cellular minutes on your cell phone, uh, you, you paid by the minute. And, and uh, you know, or, pay, or we paid for Internet minutes by the minute. Well, think about what if you had to buy all of your minutes in life and the price was dependent on how you use your time? I think most of us would really look at that very differently. And I think we've got to adopt the idea in life that, that you know, we, we a lot of times look at it as we're getting paid by the hour. Well, I would challenge people to think of it as, you know, whatever it is you're doing, whether it's your job or spending time with family or doing a hobby, you're paying for it with an hour not getting paid by the hour, you know, because we're giving time to that that we can never get back. And once we put that kind of value on it in our minds, then we're much more likely to use it more carefully. Now, Randy, can anyone incorporate the strategy of time budgeting? Well, you know, I probably have to put a little bit of an asterisk on that. You know, if I do this training in a bank, uh, if I do this training in in a retail setting, where you have people who are dependent on, you know, let's take a bank teller. They're basically strictly, their day is dependent on who walks in the door, who walks up to their counter, who drives through their drive-through. So for them, it's more difficult to budget their day because they don't know, they know when the rush is going to come. They know that it, you know, after moms drop off kids in the morning and at lunchtime and then at the very end of the day and on Saturday morning, they know they're going to have busy times, but they can't necessarily, you know, allocate time the same way that a lender or an officer in that same bank could because they pretty well know what their responsibilities are. And so uh, the answer to your question is yes, anybody can do it, but they may not be able to do it as in such small bite-sized pieces as other people may be able to. Anybody can do it in their home life. You know, I use this at home. My wife has used this in times in the past in the home. And so the answer to your question is yes, but there are certain jobs that make it more difficult to get quite so fine-tuned than others. So how do you go about deciding how much time to allocate to certain tasks? Well, let me start answering that question by by using an analogy that Stephen Covey used to talk about this a lot, and I think he talked about it so much that most people thought it was actually his illustration, but it was actually a professor at the University of Columbia, and many people will have heard this before, some will not have, and and it always helps if I go back over it to make sure everybody knows what I'm talking about when I go through my portion of this, but this professor at the University of Columbia, he had a grad class, and and he took a a gallon-sized jar, people in the South may recognize, you know, like a sun tea jar, you know, a large glass jar, and he said, he got one of his students up, and he said, okay, this represents how much time you have, and he gave him a a small pail full of rocks about the size of his fist, and he said, these represent the things that you need to do. So how many of the things that you need to do can you fit into your time? So the student began to put the rocks in there until the jar was full, and then the teacher handed him a pail of of small rocks, of little pebbles, and said, well, how many of these can fit? And so he began to pour those in there, and they went down between the cracks and the big rock. And the student said, okay, well, now it's full. And he said, well, what about this? And he hands him a pail with sand in it. And he pours that, you know, I can't, I can't use it, uh, I can't spell it, but I can use it in a sentence. He pours the sand in there, and the sand matriculates down between the pebbles. And then finally he hands him a, picture, a pitcher of water, and he pours that in there. And at that point, the jar was truly full. 
And then he posed the question to the class, what can we learn from this? And the invariable response that I get when I use that and Stephen Covey said he got every time and that the teacher got in that class is people always say, well, there's always room for more. But his real point by that was that if you don't put the big rocks in first, you can't get them in later. You know, if we fill up the jar with sand and water first, we're not going to be able to get those in later. So in using the big rocks, pebbles, sand, and water, that's why I needed to go through that, I'm going to give you four different classifications that you can use when you're uh, planning your time budget. So the first one, the big rocks, are non-negotiable, unchangeable events. These are things you have no choice. You have to do them. They're tasks, they're responsibilities, they're commitments, they're meetings you've got to go to, returning emails, voicemails, filling out reports, whatever those may be. They're non-negotiable. You have to do them, and they have to be done at a certain time. So if it's that a report is due every Thursday afternoon at 4 o'clock, you have a meeting with your team on Tuesday morning at 9.30, you have to be there at a certain time. Those are the big rocks. The second category are negotiable, unchangeable events. These are the pebbles. Negotiable meaning I don't absolutely have to do it, but they're unchangeable. If I'm going to do it, I have to do it at a certain time. So maybe there's a study group that is meeting to prepare for a certification exam. Maybe there is a, a, an 800 number that you can call into to get uh, you know, ideas and tips. And, and, you know, and even, even, this, even this particular phone interview, when the people dialed in to listen, they didn't necessarily have to, but it was going to be available to them at a certain time. And it may be available again later, but it makes for a good point at a certain time. TV shows used to be a great example of this before TiVo and DVR came on. You didn't have to watch the TV show. But if you were going to watch it, you had to watch it, you know, Thursday night at 7 o'clock or whatever it was. Okay? The third category, the sand, are non-negotiable, changeable events. Non-negotiable, you have no choice. You have to do them. But they are changeable as far as when you have to do them. I can check email at 9 in the morning or 3 in the afternoon. I can work on a project in the morning or the afternoon or both. I have to get those things done, but I control what time they're going to happen. That may even mean setting appointments with customers, uh, team members, clients, vendors, whatever it may be. I have to meet with them, but I can decide what time that meeting is going to happen. Okay, And then the fourth, uh, and let me say this. I often get the question, well, why would you put a non-negotiable task in a lower priority slot than the negotiable unchangeable, the pebbles. Reason being, those are unchangeable, and if I need to, I can roll over those negotiable unchangeables, and I can fill in the rest of my time with non-negotiable changeable items. And then finally, the water, the last one, and I'm sure everybody has already figured out what it is. These are negotiable, changeable. You don't absolutely have to do it, and even if you decide to do it, you decide when you're going to do it. I had a magazine laying on my desk this morning that came in the mail. I don't have to read that, but even if I'm going to read that, trade publication, organization that I'm involved with, whatever, even if I am going to read that, I can do that at 10 o'clock tonight if I choose to. Okay, So you don't have to do it and, it, and it is up to you to decide if you're going to do it. It's up to you to decide when you're going to do it. Okay, So there's your four categories, the big rocks, the pebbles, the sand, and the water. And you know, when we start putting together the time budget, the way you're going to do it is you want to take a sheet of paper, divide it into four quadrants, 
and you're going to write down all of your responsibilities, all of uh, all the commitments, all the meetings, all the tasks that you have to do, every everything that is on your radar on a regular basis. And I would suggest weekly, maybe biweekly, but but typically weekly or more often. You know, if it happens less often than that, if it's a once a month, once a quarter item, I would say treat that as a project or a task that you're going to plug into certain times within that. Okay, you're going to write all those down. And, and let me just say, I, at the end of the call, I'm going to tell people how they can get this all on a, on a clean, easy sheet of paper. So if they don't want to kill themselves by writing this all down right now, they can do that. It'll be much easier to just listen and understand. And then I'll let you know how you can get it later. Write all those down in the correct quadrant of that sheet of paper, depending on whether it's negotiable or non-negotiable and depending on whether it's changeable or unchangeable. So, again, that's going to dictate, is it a big rock, is it a pebble, is it sand, or is it water? Once you have those things written down, then you want to think about what frequency you do each one. Do I do it once a day? Do I do it twice a day? Do I do it you know, as, as often as needed? Do I do it once a week? Do I do it uh, three times a week? I just want to kind of get an idea of the frequency with which I do each one. And then finally, I want to give an estimated time as close, you know, as accurate as you can guess, as closely as you can estimate it's going to take. How long is it going to take? You know, do I spend two hours a day on email or do I spend five hours a day on email? Does this weekly report that I have to do, does it usually take me 30 minutes or is it an all morning project? And I want to make sure that I'm allocating enough time that I don't under budget because then I'm going to have a problem. Okay. Once they have that, they have all their tasks listed. They know how often they're going to do each one. They know about how long it's going to take. Then I would encourage you to, uh, and, and again, I'm going to tell you where you can get this later without having to reinvent the wheel. I have what I call a time grid, and it goes from, I have them that go from 5.30 in the morning till 11 o'clock at night or 6 in the morning till midnight. I have some that go from 7 in the morning till 6 at night that are divided into 15-minute time blocks. But take a time grid and lay out your plan by putting the big rocks over in there first and the pebbles in there second and the sand third and the water last. And once they begin to do that, they'll begin to see their week fill in with the things that have to happen and they have to happen at a certain time. Then the next thing they put in, things that don't necessarily have to happen, but they're going to happen at a certain time with or without them. Then, you've, then you're going to see you have a tremendous amount of time to do the things that most of us, most people, spend a lot of time in quadrant number three with the sand, the non-negotiable, changeable events. And you begin to build based on when your peak performance time is mentally, based on when your times are that you're least interrupted by other people, based on, you know, is this due on Wednesday afternoon? Well, now I don't want to wait till you know, early Wednesday afternoon to do it. I may want to allocate time on Monday and Tuesday to work on it. And you begin to fill this in. The big challenge with that, the, the biggest challenge with that is it's a little bit like putting together a puzzle when you don't have the picture to look at, if you don't have the box to look at. You don't know what it's going to look like when you get through. But you begin to move those in. Uh, again, at the end, when I, when I talk about it at the end, I've already said that they can get the time grid from me. I can also send them a sample of what this would look like so they can have a visual idea you know, here, here's what this might begin to look like, and, and they can have some more explanation there. But, um, you know, I think it's important when they do this that they leave some margin, that they leave some cushion. Uh, when I do life balance training, I always talk about the importance of having some cushion in your schedule. 
and then you know you just, it's it's kind of like setting a diet. It's kind of like making a financial budget. It's not always easy, but you need to budget your time, and then do everything you can to stick to your budget. Now, that's a that's a very fast overview of, of a pretty long strategy. And again, I'm certainly willing to provide more information after the fact, but that'll kind of get people started on that. We hope you're enjoying the podcast. In 2017, Prima will host two enterprise risk management ERM trainings. The first ERM training session will take place March 21st through 22nd in Memphis, Tennessee. The second ERM training will take place November 14th through 15th in San Diego, California. I hope you're able to attend one of the 2017 ERM trainings. Here's some words from Prima's ERM faculty member, Tim Wiseman, regarding why risk management professionals should attend Prima's ERM training. Well, I think we find ourselves today in a very complex environment, not only with global marketplace, but the advancement of technology and communications. Uh, Both public and private sector entities and organizations are really wrestling with how to process information about vulnerabilities and risks that are associated with their objectives and goals and strategies. So there's sort of a general understanding and realization that some of the older practices in risk management may have been adequate at the time, but there's sort of a need to step up the game and take a more holistic approach. And I think that's the door that's opening and has opened for organizations, both public and private sector, to embrace uh, an enterprise-wide risk management approach. To learn more about Prima's ERM training, visit primacentral.org. Now back to Randy and Danica. Now, Randy, what are some of the biggest challenges in trying to make this a reality? Well, let me start by saying you've got to remember that you're not always going to be able to stick to your budget minute by minute or day by day. But you want to try to make it a principle. But a couple of the things that are the biggest challenges that are the biggest frustrations, number one is other people. <laughs> because they're not going to always want to fit into your neat, clean, little scheduled, you know, prepackaged day. They're going to interrupt you, and they're going to make you stop what you're doing. Another thing is unexpected things that come up. Interruptions, I sometimes refer to them as unexpected opportunities. Those make it difficult also. But then, you know, one of the last things I would say is that, that we can, you know, we can kind of end up in a, in a situation where we're trying to flip this switch on and off. And if you don't make it a mindset all day, every day, in other words, try to think this way when you're at home, try to think this way as you're parenting, try to think this way with scheduling time to work out, try to think this way when you're at work. If we don't make it a mindset, then it's very difficult. It's like saying, I'm going to eat junk food on the weekends, but I'm going to diet during the week where you still have those cravings because you continue to feed that. And so let me just give you uh, four things that I think will help you to overcome some of those that, that will, uh, you know, people say, well, this will never work, or, or my job's different from everywhere else. Well, I've been doing this a long time. I've heard that statement an awful lot. My job's different from any other thing you've ever seen. What I really find is the specifics are different, but the main contributors are the same. But it's other people, it's a lack of organization, it's a lack of self-discipline, it's a lack of, of, of willingness to say, I'm looking at this saying it won't work, why won't this work? And then trying to see if I can overcome those problems or those roadblocks without just giving up. So let me give you four things that I think will help you to overcome those most common obstacles. 
the first thing is to, as much as you're able, try to not let other people control your time. You know, if you set a time budget and you've got nine to 11 and, and one to four open for, for meeting with people on your team or whatever, and you're trying to do your own productivity in other hours, you know, eight to nine, 11 to noon, noon to one, four and after. And they say, Hey, I need to get together with you tomorrow morning at eight 30. Just ask them if you could move that into one of those blocks that you have set aside for that. Don't let them tell you necessarily when you're going to meet, if it's possible, um, you know, if it won't fit in your budget, suggest something else. And if that's all that will work, then you have to obviously bend with them. Number two, you've got to get good at putting to do items in the right block the first time. In other words, I've immediately got to look at a task and decide, is this negotiable or non-negotiable? And is it at a fixed time or can I control what time it starts and stops? And then I want to put it in the right block the first time. You know, I've got this plan set out there. I don't necessarily have the plan in my calendar on my phone. I've got it where I can see it on my desktop of my computer. I've got a hard copy on my desk where I can glance at it. But in my phone, I'm actually putting the actual appointments or the actual tasks that I'm going to do at a certain time. I want to plug them into the right block the first time so that when I'm going through my day, all I've got to do is pull out my phone, open up my schedule or my calendar or my to-do list. The third thing, make appointments with yourself. You know, if you need to work on a report, if you need to prepare for a meeting, if you want to practice a presentation you're going to do in front of your team or in front of customers, or maybe even if it's just working out. You know, if you're a single mom, and the only time you can work out is at lunch on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Set that appointment with yourself, and don't let other people set stuff on top of that. Hey, we need to go to lunch, and hey, we're going to go on Wednesday. Well, Wednesday I'm actually already booked. Can we go on Tuesday or Thursday? You don't have to tell them that you're booked to go work out, but your physical health is just as important for your your performance in your job as your mental health. That's a whole different seminar that I teach on life balance, but. You got to hold it. Well, really, Wednesday is the only day I'm going to be in town. Okay, then maybe you, this week you work out Monday, Tuesday, Friday instead of Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you accommodate their lunch. But again, try to make those appointments with yourself that I'm going to spend two hours Friday afternoon working on this project and I'm not going to let anybody deter me or distract me. I'm going to turn off my email for a while. I'm going to turn off my phone for a while. I'm going to close my door and I'm going to work on this and make those appointments with yourself count. And then fourth, last, I would say value your time and the time of others. You know, I used to be in the advertising business, local advertising business. And in that business, you would go business to business, talking to your clients all day. I went to a furniture store one day at 10 o'clock in the morning, walked in, walked to the counter, and I told them who I was there to see. And I walked over to the showroom where they always ask the vendors to wait. And I look, and one of my competitors was sitting there in a recliner in this furniture showroom. And so I talked to him for a minute. I knew I probably was not going to be able to get him to see her right there because my magic cutoff was about 10 minutes. If they didn't have time to see me, I would come back later. Well, I talked to my competitor. He was a friend of mine. I talked to him for about 10 minutes. I walked back to the counter. I said, would you tell Sarisa that this has obviously turned out to not be a good time? I'll come back today after lunch. So I left there. I went and made several other sales calls. I went and ate lunch. I went back to my office, did some paperwork, went and made another sales call or two after lunch. At 2 o'clock, I went back to that same furniture store, and I walked in. I walked to the counter. I said, would you tell Sarisa that I'm here to see her? I turned and walked over into the showroom, and I look, and the same competitor had gotten there before me again, and he was sitting in the chair waiting to see her. So I knew that time I was going to actually have to wait for her. Well, about two or three minutes later, they came out from behind the counter, and they said, Randy, Sarisa said she'll see you now. And I walked up, and I said, well, well, Tom was here before I was. He should go first. And they said, well, let us go ask her. They walked to the back, came back, said, no, she wants to see you first. I walked to the back, and I said, Teresa, Tom was here before I was. You know, I think he should go first. 
And she said, well, he's been here four hours. What difference is 10 more minutes going to matter to him? And I'm sitting there thinking, he had sat there for four hours waiting on her. I had proven that I would leave, that I valued my time. And because he didn't show that he valued his time, now she didn't value his time either. You know, value your time. Don't stand, even if it's your boss that's waiting for you. If they've ended up on a phone call, don't just stand outside their door waiting for a meeting that was supposed to happen. Go back to your office and work on something. You know, I, I just never cease to be amazed at how people will not value their time in the same way that their boss would because they're afraid their boss is going to have to wait on them. He doesn't want you to waste your time either. But at the same time, I shouldn't leave other people waiting in my lobby for a meeting. I shouldn't be late to things like that. And I wait occasionally. In fact, uh, we had a joke before I got on here today. We had a miscommunication on the on what time zone we were going to record this in. And I was late to the time management presentation, which is ironic for the time management trainer. That's going to happen sometimes, but it doesn't necessarily have to happen all the time. And we want to value our time and other people's time as well. So what are some of the benefits of making such a significant shift in the way that we use or plan our time? Well, it is a very significant shift. I mean, it's like saying you're going to change your diet. It's like saying you're going to change your exercise regimen. It is tough, but the benefits are many. Number one, you'll get more done. Number two, you'll be less stressed. Number three, you'll find that you can do a higher quality of work. And fourth, and maybe most importantly, most people who who really incorporate this find that they have time for things that are personally important, not just work important, but they have time for the things outside of work that are very important to them. And to me, that's where the big payoff comes, is the ability to use that extra time that I've saved by being more efficient and more effective on the things that I enjoy most, which are kids and family and, and you know personal hobbies, rather than just having a few more minutes or a few more hours for the company each week. In closing, you mentioned that there are resources available and that you'd be willing to share. Can you tell us how to take advantage or where to locate these resources? Absolutely. The easiest way would be for them to email me, and I can send those to them if they'll just let me know what it is they want. If they want the time budgeting, what I call the recipe, you know, the step-by-step instructions. If they want the time budgeting grid uh, that, you know, that, that has those, if they haven't reinvented that in Excel, uh, if they want me to send them a sample time budget, I can send all of that to them if they'll just email me at randy, R-A-N-D-Y, at and this is a little bit long, but it's fairly easy. E, like excellence, the number three, professionaltrainers.com. Trainers with an S on the end. Randy at E3professionaltrainers.com. They can get some of it by going to my website, which is www. And then the same as I said before, e3professionaltrainers.com. But if they'll, if they'll send me, if they'll shoot me an email, I can get them more specifically what they're looking for and they won't have to pillage around and find that. Uh, it'd probably be a little bit easier for them if they just want to email me and do that. We'll get that back to them very quickly. But as I said, all those things that I talked about, I've even got some quotes on time management that they could stick up in a cubicle or an office or a refrigerator motivator for the break room, things like that, if they want that. But the specific tools that I talked about today, they can get any of those by emailing me or or again, get on my website if they're wanting to work a little bit. Thank you very much, Randy. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks so much, Randy and Danica. Please visit the Prima website to listen to other Prima podcasts, join upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about additional Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. 
enjoy the rest of your day.